0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Oh, we have some technical issues there. That's what happens when you do live TV. Don't put the graphics on the show too early. But you know what? We're going to roll with it. Today, that may have been an action that made my editor drink my, my um, video editor, not maybe my writing editor, but stuff happens. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Mistakes happen. Things happen as you're creating content. But there's things out there that we don't have to do. I'll give you an example. The other day I wrote a thing that said, um, company launches a new advisory committee. Why is the world new in there? Why? If you're going to launch it, it's new. Your audience will thank you. So today, we actually have one of the authors of this wonderful book, Why Editors Drink, on the show, Rob Rinalda. He wrote it with his wife, I believe, who, uh, who did all the graphics, if I recall that correctly. And we want to talk about um, how do we use humor, how do we use clarity in our business storytelling, and why in the world does it even matter? Are we just being nerds about, you know, using the right terminology or why why does anybody care? That's what I want to find out. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Hi. Boom. Boom. We always give fist bumps to each other. Nice to see you. And um, I, as I said, I probably made my video editor drink right there with that little um, mistake at the beginning. But So tell me, why is all this stuff important? Why did you write the book? And, you know, what do we take from it?
1: Well, um, communication is uh, the the cornerstone, the spine of communication is clarity, uh, because if your if your message isn't clear, then it won't get across. Um, part of the problem with um, a lot of writing today, especially business writing, uh, lies in word choice, and uh, if people are using mm-hmm. too many words, um, if they're using eighteen words to say. Uh, seven words worth of content uh, or messaging, then they are wasting the readers time. They're wasting the, uh, their own time. Um, and they're not getting the message across in a way that will be powerful. So it lands. Um, what the longest chapter uh, in why editors drink is about bloat. Um, it's bloated writing. It's using too many words, redundancies, uh, repetitions, um, filler words, um, tautologies, as you suggested, with uh, launching a new product. Um, and people don't get their their message across in a concise, uh, efficient way.
0: And so when it comes to, especially in corporate America, and many many of you have heard me rant about this before, but how much is it that the writer is doing it and how much is it that it's just the crappy culture somebody created. I'll give you an example. If I'm writing something and 12 people edit it, none of them have a copywriting background. How can I, how do I have any chance to create a good piece of content?
1: Well, it, it it lies first in knowing what your message is supposed to be. If you have a really good idea of, of what you're trying to get across, uh, it, that helps you focus. And once you focus, you um, you can get the, the message across. You can uh, use uh, more colorful words, uh, more powerful words, uh, and use economy of language to get that message across. Um, the problem is that we get, we've fallen into this right the way you talk notion, which was great for getting rid of corporate speak. Um, and this is what my the the summary at the end of the book is. Um, but the problem is that it's sort of like business casual. Rather than getting simply getting away from the stuffiness of corporate speak or the corporate uh wardrobe, uh, we've gone too far. We've uh slid beyond casual and comfortable and conversational into slovenliness. So there's a, a recklessness, a carelessness about the way uh people talk. And um that translates and and uh transcends into uh written words. And and that that becomes problematic.
0: You know what's interesting about that too? I um I I really I didn't think about the history of why we would tell people to uh write like they talk. So I really appreciate that um that history lesson there. What's interesting to me is I would never write like I talk because you know what? Every sentence would be super long because every, I mean, think about what we're saying. If you actually transcribe what we're saying, these are super long sentences because we don't have to make shorter sentences or longer sentences or whatever. And there's stuff in, in between them, so it's just it's interesting how um, any advice that's ever shared anywhere gets taken out of context or gets taken too far or
1: or right. whatever. The- the pendulum swings too far. Um, an example I like to give in my talks is if you listen to the, the talking heads on cable news shows, uh, they might be erudite uh, uh, politicians or, or statespersons or Pulitzer Prize winning columnists. And once they start talking, as you say, they're run on sentences. There are redundancies. Uh, the grammar might not line up exactly. Uh, so. We as editors, uh, and if you're a writer, presumably you're editing your own stuff as you as you put it forth or as you refine it, yep. uh, you you hone it, you make sure that it um, it's not too formal, but that it's not uh, all over the place either. Uh, there has to be some some structure, some consistency to it. and um, as much as we can, we try to focus it, and get it down so it is uh, salient and cogent.
0: So what's interesting about the whole bloated chapter and discussion is why, why, why? Why is it so difficult to just get to the point? Now, I'll give you a quick example, quick story for myself. I have the same filler words that I'm not sure I will ever, ever get rid of. But now I use Grammarly, and Grammarly gets rid of them for me it flags them every time you know it it i delete them every time i usually don't catch them myself when i write them but i certainly see them when grammarly catches them so there's tools out there now that help us you know do some of those things if we want the help Uh, but run on sentences still happen i see them all the time in plenty of writing why is content so bloated? Why is it just because we're so in love with every word that comes out of our mouth? Or, or why is that a problem?
1: Um, I think primarily it's because we're not attuned to, uh, to tightening. Uh, I mm-hmm. w- had the, um, the privilege of writing for newspapers and editing for newspapers for decades Um, And when I was at the New York Daily News, of course, it's a tabloid. So the news hole, uh, the space for the articles themselves is much more condensed. So you have to tighten. Um, And in some cases, you have to buy a line or two or three. That is to say, Mm -hmm. uh, the the copy is just too long for the the printed uh, space that's that's, uh, allotted for a given article. And rather than than just lop off a sentence and, and or something mid paragraph, if you can find a way to uh, uh, use your scalpel rather than your uh, axe or machete to carve out little unnecessary words within the text or find one word that will do the work of four, then you're better off. You don't lose any of the meat. Uh, I gave a, a talk at ACES, uh, the Society mm-hmm. for Copy Editing. Um, a couple of years ago and my topic was butchering copy and that is cutting away the gristle fat and bone to get to the meat of your message and one of my slides was cut it in half if you can if you write 700 words and you can say it in 350 or 375 roughly um, mm-hmm. then you're uh, then you're ahead of the game um, and and then, Because readers will look at a block of copy and and they might not do a physical word count with Microsoft Word, but they'll see, oh, I won't read that much, but I will read this much. I'll read that much. And if it's broken up and if if it's powerful from start to finish, you'll engage them and they'll keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. And you've got them in 300 and some words instead of 700, which they might just flip away from. And you know what today I mean we have, we know for sure we I mean there's been
0: studies done on this that most people online skim anyways so you're not just read, writing for the people who actually will read it like I mean I read when I go into a New York Times article I read the whole thing usually mm-hmm. unless they just go on and on and on and on and on but I typically do read the whole thing um and a funny side story there is a Twitter account the typos of the New York Times so some of you might enjoy that Um, I don't know if you've seen that before, but that's kind of funny. Yeah. So, but, um, so anyway, um, what I was going to say is, as the, the, the former editor of the Gazette in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Mark Bowden, that's been a uh, while here, but he said as a, as an editor, your job literally is to put 10 pounds of content into a five pound bag, but, um, and that might be true, but why, what can writers do? to make sure their content is more concise before it gets to an editor. And especially there was a study that Sarah, I don't remember her last name now, um, in in Australia published that most corporate content creators, or many, I don't know if it's most, but many, don't even have an editor. Can you believe that?
1: Well, I I, I think the, the first thing to do is know what your focus is know your Mm -hmm. primary theme, know your, your principal message, and then know the three or four supporting points that you have uh, that you want to offer to, to bolster that uh, initial premise or contention, assertion, whatever, uh, to, to make your point and to make it not just to, to uh, support it with evidence, but to, to make it resonate and to make the writers of, assimilate it and 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 hold on to it so uh, there comes not just getting rid of bloated language but using uh, powerful colorful words uh, they don't have to be 18 syllables long but they do have to be the right word um, if you can if you can really uh, hit the bull'seye with your word choice and that's why I uh, I recommend using a thesaurus and a dictionary to to not only look up the possibilities for a word, but also to make sure that that word choice is exactly what you mean. Uh, and then over time, as you get more practiced in this and more familiar and you broaden your vocabulary and you, you understand the nuances of certain words, then you then the word, the bright word will, will come to you. It will appear to you as if in a vision, yeah. uh, and, and, and it will be there at your fingertips without having to think mm-hmm. of it.
0: Yeah, so I, I also use Grammarly for that. Uh, you just highlight a word, and it tells you a different word. Um, so that's my online th- thesaurus to kind of keep track on that. So uh, I, let's shift a little bit to the importance. So we talked about clarity a little bit here, and let's shift to humor just a little bit. And I, I know Glad you you, um, you tried to create um, humor in storytelling and, and like in your book. I mean, you could have just written a book, honestly, right? That says, here's all the crap writers do that drives us crazy. But you didn't, right? You said, um, here's the stuff that drives us to drink and uh, cheers. That's worth a martini or whatever. Um, why mm-hmm. is that kind of storytelling important? And how can brands use that in their storytelling?
1: Well, when I started writing uh, pieces on uh, grammar and usage and syntax and linguistics, uh, after I got uh, left newspapers and got into online publishing, um, I, it just became a natural way for me to do it. I think most editors, most writers um, love words and love word play. So using puns and uh, peculiar names like uh, Throckmorton and Myrtle and and uh, and uh, Cheswick and all those the the goofy devices that I use help to make it uh, memorable but it's also there's a little bit of Mary Poppins in there too the spoonful of sugar that helps you remember um, the grammar lesson the word choice whatever Um, as far as the the drinking motif came out that that derived from uh, a particularly taxing day. And I mentioned this in the, in the introduction um, of the book, I handed to the managing editor at at my company, a little post-it note that said, pass the gin. It was a a rough day and, and got a laugh out of her. And then uh, it, that became sort of a punchline, a catchphrase. And from there, I thought, well, you know, I could do a whole uh, presentation um, using my acting background to pretend to get drunk as I was, you know, reading bad examples. Well, the presentation never, never materialized, but the book did. Uh, And with uh, Teresa, uh, whom you mentioned before, uh, we worked up, that's my wife, uh, who designed the book cover and did all the illustrations and all the formatting brilliant artist. Uh, she and I worked and made sure that all of the chapters had uh, drinking references to button up the chapter. She did her illustrations using uh, using drink motifs uh, for uh, to lead into the chapter to illustrate the chapter title. And um, so that just became thematic. Um, and uh, curiously, we don't drink um interesting. So.
0: that's interesting. I mean, I thought it certainly um I mean people can relate to it and and figure out um you know, I think themes work. I've mm-hmm. done many, many projects where it's like a theme you pull through and you remember it better, right? And you can also um you can circle back to that, you know, and and as you mentioned, share that with other people. Um interesting. So how do
1: we well, and that's uh, what. Let me right. interrupt. That that's why fables work, right? And 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 homilies and and, and those sorts of things. So to uh, if you illustrate story, if you illustrate uh, themes, uh, again, your the primary message uh, with a story, with a narrative, with something memorable, then it will stick. Then it will. There will be a a visual image or an auditory. Um, ping that oh yeah that's right i remember that now and so it it sticks it sticks and that's kind
0: of what we want our content to do um to 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 begin with um so you've seen certainly the shift from print to digital so have i um and you always hear people say oh because of the new thing everything is going to hell right everything is bad because of the new thing um, you know, whatever, um, and I don't think that's necessarily a new thing. Or people are saying right now. I think people said that 40 years ago, and probably people said it 90 years ago about whatever was happening at that time. Um, have you seen? I mean, have you seen a shift in the quality of content in recent time, or, um, or, or how do you feel about that?
1: There has been a, a shift in quality, uh, mostly because uh, news outlets and, and corporations um, don't hire or don't retain experienced editors, and that creates problems. Um, there's less need for the type of uh, tightening editing that, that, that I specialize in because the Internet is fairly infinite uh it's mm-hmm. it, uh, headlines now are 18 20 words on a story whereas before you had six words to write a headline uh and you had to get your point across and you know maybe 12 words for a a, a deckhead that would go underneath the, the the main headline um so so in that regard that tightening is out the window um it also the because uh, uh an online story can run 3,000 words or 800 words or, or whatever, where it would previously have had to have been half that, literally. But also because there's no, um, there's been an undermining of facts, uh, not to get too political, but there uh, mm-hmm. has been a concerted undermining of facts uh, over the past 20, 25 years. And that has been as much um, the demise of has led to the demise of newspapers uh, as much as going from from newsprint to uh, uh, to online writing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's there's so many different um, rabbit holes we can go down here. The the demise of newspapers. I, I mean, I, I I don't know I don't know what it is. I think it's an interesting business model to begin with that that doesn't work as well today, just because things are changing. But so the one thing when you were just talking about the content creation online, first of all, yes, articles can be longer if they actually have the content, the depth. So I just actually just looked at an article I updated earlier had four thousand words. I would argue that most everything in there has relevance. It's not just fluff. It's a lot of people being quoted. It's a lot of content. In my newspaper career, when we had a printed newspaper, I don't think I ever wrote an article that was 4,000 words. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Even when I had like a front page Sunday story, I'm not even sure that was 4,000 words, but I I don't remember. Um, And then the other thing that I've noticed is everybody is now doing content i'll give you an example Mm -hmm. when i grew up they were what six announcers on tv for sports you knew six names right there's like you know i mean you know there's like not that many but today there's 150 channels 60 sports channels every league has their own channel there's all these announcers some of them wouldn't have gotten a job 40 years ago Right. right and now they have a job but nonetheless we need editors. So what role can editors play in this new model when you're saying you don't So first of all, I know you didn't mean it that way, Rob, but you said there's no need to to edit for brevity and you know, so no, I I, 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 I said there is.
1: I'm sorry, there, there's less emphasis on that. Um, there is because and, and yeah, I think I think uh, corporations uh and news outlets are less concerned about uh the the brevity, the power, the quality of yeah. uh, of the content they put out there. It is yeah. more um, production, uh, more um, getting it out there. And I know editors, uh, I can speak from experience, editors who were uh, turned from refining copy copy and making sure that it uh, it was accurate. And correct and balanced, and then oh no, just 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 go out there and produce this stuff, and we'll get it out there, and and don't worry about you know whatever. We just need you know x number of words from you a week um, to to fill up the website, and because there's such a voracious appetite for content, mm-hmm. and because readers have become less discerning um, about what they take in. It, it's it has be uh, it has become de-emphasized the, the the quality. It is more about quantity than it is quality, uh, and that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate
0: indeed. And certainly, I'm a big, big um, advocate and believer in quality content. Um, I don't remember if I just mentioned it earlier or not, actually. But John Mueller from Google actually said, "Google doesn't know what to do with fluff." Even if Mm. we crawl it, we, we don't know what to do with it. Like we're not, you know, we don't know if like, we don't know. It just confuses us. So don't fluff. Yeah. And that's,
1: that's part of the problem with, with SEO is if you put the, 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 the keywords in there, it it doesn't (laughs) matter if the keywords you know, it, it then becomes like a demolition derby or a traffic jam. It's just, it's just all this stuff out there and it's not serving a real purpose, as you say.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Last two minutes here. So, Um, Rob, you are the the principal and co-founder of WordSar Media. Um, Mm -hmm. I assume people can hire you there. Tell us what you do, how they can connect with you and and, and who should reach out.
1: Um, Anyone who wants uh, superb editing. uh, I say that in all modesty. Uh, I won um, Ace's 2019 Robinson Prize for Excellence in Editing. Uh, and the, basically their editor of the year, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, but I'm on LinkedIn, Rob Rinalda. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, word underscore czar. Um, uh, Why Editor's Drink has a face, Facebook page. Uh, come and join us there. Um, and just um, uh, you can email me at, at wordsarmedia at gmail.com. Um, and let me know. I, you know, I'm, I'm about to start working on another book. Uh, I mean, on editing uh, someone else's book, a fellow I've worked with before. Uh, I'm working on a second book of my own. And um, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm always happy for new challenges. Fantastic. And what kind of work do you
0: edit? Like if I'm, if I have a content strategy for a corporate company, like a blog strategy, that kind of thing, or, or what, what do you? Absolutely.
1: Do? I, I, and I, you know, corporate stuff, uh, nonfiction, uh, I, one of the books I edited was, a, a, a TV writer's memoir, uh, working in sitcoms for years and years. Um, and he's got another book coming my way. I love, I love nonfiction, um, uh, but I've edited fiction too. So um, anything, words are words and and messaging is messaging and making sure that uh, the words come through clearly and with power. Um, that's that's what I'm all about. Fantastic. I really enjoyed our chat, Rob. Uh, great I book. Too, I really you.
0: enjoyed that as well. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you. And the book is available on Amazon and through uh, Book Baby. And we do have the link, of course, in the show notes. And if you are watching on Amazon, it is in the carousel. It's the the featured item right there.
1: Fantastic. Thanks.
0: That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.